Every year, millions of global travelers flock to California in search of the world's finest cannabis. Our job is to get these travelers very high and show them a great time. It's not always as easy as you think. Join us, your heady hosts and cannabis tour guides, Victor Pino and April Black, as we spend an hour each episode trimming back the storied nuggets of life in the weed tourism game. We'll be joined by our friends, colleagues, and cannabis tourism legends from across the globe. So get on board the weed bus, buckle up, and as always, smoke them if you got them. You're about to get high on tour with Victor Pino and April Black. Welcome back to High on Tour with Victor Pino and April Black. I am privileged enough to be sitting here with Mimi Cavallero, Retail Relations Manager for the Buyers Club San Francisco, here in Soma, San Francisco, where, um, welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing really well. Tell me a little bit about the SF Buyers Club and what you guys do here. Yeah, so the SF Buyers Club is a cannabis showroom, a luxury cannabis showroom um, located in San Francisco. Um, basically, we are here to help cultivate and foster relationships between uh, cannabis brands and retailers. Um, we've curated amazing brands throughout our showroom and we throw events tailored to the retailers and we take them on tours through the showroom, a guided tour where they can pick out their samples and have meaningful engagement with the brands, um, which is what's kind of missing in the way that things are laid out in the cannabis market, uh, cannabis space. You have to have all these, you know, the metric and all of these bureaucratic things that kind of stifle the, the sales flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here to kind of kind of get down to business. The people that make the stuff and the people that buy the stuff should be having the conversations. So you guys flipped the model of buying on its head, right? You guys created the old model. Like the traditional model looked very much like, uh, you know, salesperson walks into a retailer, pitches their product or their slate of products, and then buyer makes a decision in the retail environment to buy or not buy or whatever. Right, and also have an opportunity to see how things are displayed on a shelf, so how it would look in their retail location. So that's well, like the old model. What's the new model? How do you guys do it here that's different? Oh, well, really, it's kind of um, taking a laid-back approach, too, so we can have fun while we're also doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of take the edges off, like I was saying, when you're, when you're in a sales position with a cannabis brand, you sometimes don't have a direct access to the buyer. Um, you have to go into a dispensary three or four times to even make a sale mm-hmm. because of all the you know metric trade samples, getting approval, all these hurdles that you have to jump through, which really stifles that flow. So... Um, um, we kind of just make it so that we can hang out in the back, have some food. Mm-hmm. We can talk business in the showroom and then we can get to know each other in the back. So that way we're cultivating relationships with the people that we're doing business with. Um, and a lot of times that really helps with repurchasing and reordering mm-hmm. is when you get a little bit more personal. You get to know the person buying or the person growing or the person making your products. And so it personalizes it. It's a very community-centric model for buying cannabis from a retail perspective. I think this is great. Um, Let me ask a little bit about how you guys 
uh, show value or provide value to the brands that are here in your showroom. So like we understand that the value for the, the retail partners and the buyers is that they can show up and they can come to a place where everything's kind of at their fingers, already curated, yeah. already displayed. That's a simple sell to the buyer. What is the what is the value proposition essentially for the brands that you you cultivate within the the showroom? Right. So let's take for example, you make sales meetings or sales appointments with thirteen different brands individually, and let's say those interactions are anywhere from fifteen minutes to an hour. That's like thirty hours. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where you get to get face to face with you know, 10 to 15 buyers in a three hour period, have meaningful engagement, and and then you get analytics, you know, on who came through, you have who, what specific samples they got, um, you have their information to follow up with them, mm. and, and then like I said, you get to smoke with them in the back, you know, and you get to create a friendship, you yeah. know, so to say, or at least some level of connection. Right. Right. You know, that's just that's just not centered around sales. You and know? it's always so hard for those guys, the buyers in particular. I mean, they're when they're in the dispensary, a lot of the buyers that are in dispensaries are doing other things. Exactly. Not focusing on buying necessarily right. or are not in the frame of mind at that moment when the buyer shows up or the, the vendor shows up to make the deal or make the sale. So. I've seen how that can take, you know, its toll on kind of the system, the yeah. process that you have in a dispensary. So this is a great model, and I and I appreciate what you guys are doing here. Um, I want to focus on for our last bit of our conversation here. Um, tell me a little bit about what you guys did here, or what you guys are putting together here today at the Buyers Club in San Francisco for the Legacy Farmers. Yes. So um, for the Legacy Farmers, um, it's kind of a uh, topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, mainly just being in the cannabis space and operating in that like tra uh, traditional market, I guess is what they call it now. Um, and then once the legalization happened, just it basically sucked the wind out of my sails. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't in a position to throw millions of dollars into a legal operation. And so just the way it was structured from the jump, it eliminated me, even though I had literally spent 15 years of my life cultivating and then 20 years of my life working within the industry, you know, and it just, it was like, it, that's it. You know, what am I going to do next type of thing? And I didn't have a farm, mm -hmm. you know, so imagine the position that they're in when a lot of times their communities rely on the, their economy and them stimulating it when they are the volunteers at the fire department and the radio station mm. and all of those things that make their communities mm. run and function optimally. You know, it's, it's volunteer based. They mm. don't have the property uh, taxes to like the city does, you know mm. what I mean? To fund these things. A lot of them have to build their own roads, right. you know? And so it's just been really uh, sad to see how um, the rec market has, the recreational market has, you know, affected them, uh -huh. you know, and just the decrease in value of a product that was so revered and especially California putting the cannabis culture on the map was right. the Emerald Triangle, right, right, right. you know, and so seeing that they are being left behind in this new recreational market space that's all shiny and new, everyone's like investing and jumping and creating brands. Well, there were people that carried this for decades right. before it became legal, right. that have the skills, the trial and error, like that operated in the shadows, that were able to function without 
marketing mm. and being able to advertise and bank and like I couldn't I can't prove how much I make right, you know what I mean right, because right, right. I'm incriminating myself right, you right. know and so all of those things you can't get loans you know you can't you, you can't pay your taxes to get those type of things and so it took a certain level of um like, I guess you want to say moxie, you know, uh -huh. to kind of function in that space, you know? And so they have the ability and the, the drive to do things and complete things and accomplish things, but they don't have like the proof that they do it because, uh -huh. you know, we're and you can't, dark, you know, the weird, you know, walking the fine line between legal and illegal. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I just really wanted to give them an opportunity to get in front of the retailers in San Francisco, um, and show their product because of how things are set up. They can't go into a dispensary and let them really see, smell, or smoke their products. And sometimes Sun Grown is looked upon as less quality than indoor because people are only right. looking at the THC content instead of the terpene profile, which has more to do with the effects. It's mm. the combination and synergy of all mm. of it. It's not just the THC. It's not just if it's indica or sativa right, or right, hybrid. Right, right. Um, there's more that goes into it. And the terpene profile of sun-grown flower is just way more diverse. So what's the vision then for an event like this for the Buyers Club? How does this feed into kind of your ethos as a, as a company? Um, what, what was the objective in bringing these farmers down here to showcase their product? Like, how does this help everybody? Yeah, well, one, it's giving them access where they might not be able to like be in the showroom or afford b a booth for four mm. months in the showroom, you know? Right. So doing like a pop-up style event gave some of these smaller companies access. Um, and it also gave them exposure here in San Francisco. Um, Cause there's always been, I mean, San Francisco is the throwaway to Los Angeles. So mm. back in the day, you know, it's the pit stop. It's, mm -hmm. there's a huge cannabis culture here. Right. You know what I mean? Like I lived in Humboldt and moved down here and started cultivating down here. And so there's like a whole nother little mm -hmm. scene here, but it's all like embedded in the same, right. you know, with the same, uh, from the same culture. So, um, so it's, like, it's kind of a pitch back to the culture. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a like, thank don't you. forget about yeah, us, though. You know, and it's yeah. like, don't leave us behind. Like, yeah. we still got the fire. We still, you know, yeah. know what we're doing and have better, cleaner product, too. You yeah. know, because then you're, we didn't even touch upon the, like, environmental footprint right, right, that right, right, right. a lot of these indoor ops and, um, you know, it's a lot of power. At least we have the LEDs now. Yeah, but still, totally. you know, it's not... The sun is free and, you know, the full term flower, there's just nothing like quite like it. Yeah. You know, when it's done right, it's the best. So last question, where do you guys uh, see the Buyers Club? You guys want to do more of these events. You guys want to get more involved. Tell me a little bit about what your vision is for the Buyers Club in San Francisco, getting more involved with legacy brands, getting more involved with craft craft cannabis what's what's that look like for you guys in 2023? So I would love to kind of use this event as a prototype and bring in farmers from Mendocino, farmers from Trinity, farmers from Sonoma. Like everyone has their moment to shine. Everyone has their chance up to bat. You got to bring fire, you know, yeah. that's all that's on you, but we can give you a platform where you can reach some buyers and give them an opportunity to, to love it and, and, you know, go from there. Um, but I think just the, the ability to see the flower, smoke the flower, talk with the farmer, it, it's very impactful on the retailer, you know, because there's a story in a face and, and it sells, yeah. you know. 
Mimi Cavallaro, thank you so much. Retail, re, you're the retail relations manager here at the SF Buyers Club. So happy to be here today with you guys. Thank you for all your hard work. Looking forward to a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.